Legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, dude. Truly. I just got back from what will be one of two walks today uh, because I was conned into doing that September thing. I don't know if anyone's heard about this. 10,000 steps a day in September is the challenge. Someone's just slipped a little T in there and now we've got September, and that's really all you need to start a freaking movement these days. You've got a cause. If you can make it rhyme with one of the months of the year, we're all in, okay? You know, dry July. Dude, no one's getting dry in August, okay? People are getting back on the freaking wagon in August or off the wagon. Whichever part of the wagon people freaking shoot up on, that's the part they're on, okay? But because it rhymes with July, thousands of people are implored to, to sort of not drink every year. And, and that's exciting. And, now, and that's really the power of poetry, you know? If I said to you, hey, you want to, let's do no drinking June. Did everyone just feel that? Ugh, you know? And there's a similar, similar business with this September stuff, you know. Um, the girls at work uh, started a September team. Last year, I did join. And then I really completed no steps for the month. Um, I really just joined the team sort of to make friends and, and sort of settle in a bit better at my new job, you know. Um, but that was kind of like one of those things where you try to make the effort and you actually sort of, it backfires a bit because I completed no steps. And I think if anything, it hurt our friendship. It didn't sort of, you know, build it up. So this year, I'm part of the September team and I actually have to do it this time because, you know, what's your excuse? You're in a hardcore lockdown, Bill. You, the only freedom afforded to you is walking around the block and you can't fucking do it, you know? So it's a bit of a rock and a hard place. But I tell you what, it's pretty good walking around, you know? It's good, it's good exercise, etc., you know, I was under the impression that walking was, in fact, a hot chick industry. But I've been out there. I can, I can assure you it pretty much still is. You know, you see, you see a woman walking around by herself next to the beach. You know, she's getting in shape. She's looking after herself. You know, she's putting herself first. She's a treasure that only she can understand or whatever. You know, she's, she's improving her life. But you see a bloke walking around by himself near the beach. Dude, that guy is up to something, you know? That guy is plotting, dude. Is he freaking... Is he getting an ice latte or is he casing the joint, you know? <laughs> I walk around with a bucket hat and sunnies on and a freaking... And a jacket. I just look... I look suspect, dude. You know why guys look suspect when we walk around? Because we don't have the appropriate kit. You know, girls go for a walk. It looks like there's three different companies sponsoring them on this trip to the shops. I mean, the aesthetic is unbelievable. Whereas I go for a walk, I've got like four different outfits on. I've just got like my clothes on that are like too embarrassing to actually go to the, go somewhere in, you know? I got like all my hungover clothes on. Just like ran, I got like a t-shirt from playing soccer when I was 14. I got Star Wars socks. I got runners that, one of the pro cricketers at my club gave me because he saw mine and they were so disgraceful. And, uh, and then I got a Bunnings bucket hat and some sunnies, dude. And I got my AirPods in and let me tell you, 
I look like freaking, I look like the number one suspect for whatever's gone wrong in the area, you know? Dude, if a freaking school burns down, arrest me, dude. I'm lo- I'm out here looking suspect. So, I don't know what it is about walking. But yeah, you got one bloke walking around by himself. Call the cops for sure. But yeah, walking is here to stay. I got to say, walking is pretty much, I think I might be converted for life. I might be a walker for life. This reeks of Kentucky tour energy, by the way. You know how like the end of a Kentucky tour or like a holiday and they're like, let's stay friends forever. And like some guy, you're talking to some guy who's from Sweden. You're like, Yakov, I'm never going to forget you, man. And then like two weeks later, you're like, what was that fucking bloke's name again? Jack or something? It was like Jack, but like Swedish. Was it Yak? And then it was like, I don't think it was. You know, (laughs) that's so me with walking. I've been walking every day because you have to as part of the challenge. And it's been great. But we both know October 1st that this is out the window. Okay, so I just wanted to let you know that I'm letting myself know that it's okay that I'll probably never walk again. Bill, that's such a horrible thing to say. Billy Darcy will never walk again. Oh no, what happened? Oh, it's just October. He doesn't have to do that, that step challenge anymore. He's in otherwise perfect health. <laughs> oh, but dude. So I'm walking around town, dude. But I don't know. Yeah, you see these girls walking around. They're stunning. I, I've been walking every day for 20, 21 days, 22 days. I appear to still be uh, one of the more impressive, you know, five and a half to sixes you'll come across. So, you know, can't say it's doing too much for my rig, but morale's high. So get that into you. If only high morale was attractive. <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. Guys, enough bloody whatever that was, you know. What's going on in the bloody news, hey? The, uh, dude, so I'm recording this on Wednesday. The riots were yesterday in Melbourne and Brisbane. Or Melbourne yesterday, I think. And I think Brisbane was on the weekend. It's hard to keep up with all the goddamn riots, you know. It's like you you wake up on a Sunday morning, you flick on the news, you're like, fuck, I've got to catch up on the Premier League and the riots. (laughs) Oh, God. Brisbane having your riots on the weekend. Or protests protests turn into riots whatever you call an activity where halfway through you just start beating the shit out of cops with 25 of your mates um whatever that was dude brisbane you guys are killing me up there because you know not that it really affects us down here we are old school fuck down here dude like swim for the boat save yourselves sydney is very much leonardo dicaprio okay we're gone we're gone it's too late but brisbane you guys are freaking clubbing up there and then also protesting. I thought we could only have one. I thought it was either pingers and clubbing or protesting. But Brisbane, with that Queensland energy, has come and said, I'm going to stop you right there, Bill. We'd actually like a little of column A and a little of column B. I mean, imagine waking up on a Saturday morning. You're so hungover from all your freedoms the night before. You're like, God, why did I go to four to five pubs and nightclubs that were all packed with my friends? God, I got too hammered last night. Oh, no, I've got to go protest my freedoms. Shit. Oh, God, it's 10.30. I'm supposed to I'm supposed to break a chair over a cop's head at 11. Fuck me. God damn it, you know. <laughs> when people protested in Sydney, dude, I did not condone that shit. But you know what I mean? It's a complex issue, this COVID thing. Lives are being you know, upheavaled. It's not it how you say that, but lives are being affected and, you know, industries are affected more than others. 
So I think it's pretty, you know, you've got to put yourself in other people's shoes sometimes with some of this stuff. I don't think, you know, I don't think it's as black and white as people say, but but Brisbane, dude, you guys, you guys are an absolute laugh. I, that energy, <laughs> that Brisbane energy of give us an inch and we will very much take a mile. I love that. I love that. Queensland, Queensland feels like it's always a stiff breeze away from a fucking hate crime, dude. And you know, it's what a way to live. What a way to live up there. But uh, oh god. Um, and then Melbourne. I mean, Melbourne had the riots on the weekend. Melbourne are our brothers in lockdown, you know. So I will reserve. I don't think these protests are just like. I love how people are like, yeah, Aussie tradies are the problem. The first picture I saw was some guy holding a Trump flag. It's like, there's clearly some fucking right-wing, far-right, Nazi voodoo in all of this. You know, I don't know. I'm not on the fucking message boards. I don't know how they organize this stuff or how it happens. But you know what I mean? It's not like your local plumber who freaking fixes your taps on a Wednesday. He's not then, you know, trying to beat the shit out of a cop. I think there's some other... There's some other freaking sort of incel voodoo guru shit on this. I don't know. I don't know how it all works, but it's, it's obviously very complex. But but Melbourne, dude, what is with the, what is with the Trump flags in Australia? Every time there's one of these like uh, Nazi rallies or whatever, or far right rallies, however you want to say it. What is with the Trump energy in Australia, dude? Like leave that shit at the airport, you know. Is it not enough, America, that you guys are just so goddamn crazy about it? But but the thing with America is, that's America, you know? Whatever the Mexican is for, have it your way. Is that Pizza Hut saying? I don't know what I'm talking about here. But, but the, you know, if America want to go crazy for Trump, that's America's business, you know? It's not our business. And then every time there's a rally here, there's like a, it's like single mums protesting expensive childcare. There's always some fucking dumb bloke with a Trump flag. Make America great again. Can I get you a compass, you dumb cunt? Like, I just, I, I just I hate that stuff. And if it was a Biden flag, I'd feel the same. Dude, take that shit elsewhere, you know? But, <laughs> do these guys who riot, you know, there's people who are anti-vax, there's people who are protesting the construction breakdown in uh in melbourne but i'd just like to hear one bloke say just one because i know there's a fair few of them in there i'd just like to hear one guy say i'll be honest i came down because i was hoping for a riot you know that's all i want to hear i just want to hear one guy say that yeah mate obviously i'm a tradie uh or even i'm not even a tradie and just say yeah look i did come down to protest but i'll be honest mate i was really hoping for a riot you know, just going nuts, mate. There's something about that, you know? I saw a reporter got hit in the head by like a can of Coke. <laughs> like, what? Dude, you get hit in the head by a can of Coke and the guy still like was kept reporting. This, this poor guy, he's about 50, got hit in the head by a full can of Coke. And then he was like, I've just been hit in the head by a can of, it appears to be Coca-Cola. Very painful, Jim, very painful. I'm going to have to go back to you. It's like, dude, I'm pretty sure if you're fucking assaulted on camera that you can break character, you know? How freaking media trained are these guys that they get a full-on can of Coke to the head? You know, it was mostly a can of Jim Bean and Coke, really. But, and he's still like, stick to the training. (laughs) 
you know? Dude, that is your license to finally just be yourself on camera and go nuts. I would have been like, oh, fuck. Just got hit with a fucking Coke can. I hate these cunts so much. I just want to read the news from behind the desk. I've been working at Channel 9 for 25 fucking years. I remember when Peter Overton was a fucking teenager and I'm still here out on the street doing these stupid pieces. Do you have any idea how many cans I've been hit with over the years? Stop sending me to the riots. I have four kids at home. I have put in several complaints with HR. Please stop. Fuck. And then just like walks off. <laughs> oh, dude. That would be so funny. <laughs> Okay, so I had a very COVIDy weekend. Oh, this is also an amateur sport special. So I'm going to talk for another five minutes. Then we're taking all questions about amateur sport. Uh, a topic which, you know, if if Machine Gun Kelly versus Conor McGregor was the only news item I could really tackle with some certainty, uh, this topic is probably the one where, you know, if you disagree with me, on my opinions on amateur sport, um, you're wrong and you should in fact blame yourself, okay? I played more fourth grade than you've had hot dinners across multiple codes. Um, I've never been elite in any sport and uh, and I've got, I've got, I've got more knowledge uh, than you could ever believe, okay? Here we go. First question that we are answering. What is the best sledge for a 15-year-old who's already better than you? Okay, so you get this a lot when you're playing, maybe you're playing third grade men's footy, third, gra third grade men's cricket, you know, this sort of stuff. And there is that crossover where you're like 21 and trying your best in division three. And this, there's this 15 year old who's just so much better than you already. And it's just crazy. Now, what would you say to them to get in their head? I personally wouldn't say anything related to the game itself. It's pretty clear um, they're already better than you and their potential is in fact limitless, okay? So I would point out stuff sort of maybe away from the field to get in their head. Um, often these prodigy kids are in fact childs of divorce. You know, I'd bring that up. I'd say, mate, pretty lucky. Got your dad supporting you here today. Couldn't help but notice mum's not here, is it? Is it dad's for the weekend? What's, what's the goss here? Is it one week on, one week off? Do you blame yourself? You know, maybe I'd, I'd take a stab. You know, a lot of guys who are guns at sport are also not that academic. I'd maybe just have a stab and just say, oh, dyslexic, hey, that sucks. Numbers and letters, mix those up, don't you? You little nerd. You know, just stuff that's really past the pale, really too far because you've got to keep in mind, this kid's only 15. He doesn't have a lot of mental strength. You know, he's never, he's never heard stuff like this. I mean, you think he's getting this sort of shit? on the fucking school bus home. I mean, no way, you know? Um, and then, you know, just, if you don't want to go that dark, I would just maybe remind him that no matter how successful he gets in life, you know, that the Sydney housing market is just ruthless and it's showing no signs of slowing down, you know? Oh, you freaking, you want to be a professional cricketer, mate? Well, you better be, you better be in the top five because even state cricketers, mate, with Sydney housing, the way it's going, it's, you know, you're going to be up against it, you know, 1.4, 1.5, that's what you're looking at for a three-bedroom house in this city. You're going to be able to afford that on a Sydney Sixers contract? Probably. <laughs> but 
But yeah, dude, I just talk about stuff away from the field. Get in this little kid's head, obviously. Next question. Would you slide tackle a girl in soccer? Yes, absolutely. I think I think if there was you know, there's mixed futsal, mixed soccer, yeah. If the opportunity came down to it, I had to slide tackle a girl. Yeah, absolutely I would. I mean, her ACL can be repaired with my feminist ideals. I mean, you can either have surgery or you can just freaking bask in the equality that I just afforded you, you know? Are those are those stud marks in the back of your knee, Kate? Or are they the patriarchy, the the patriarchy getting bullet wounds, you know? <laughs> is that what that is, you know? Of course, dude. Of course. You know, mixed sports, I think it'll probably be become more of a thing, will it not? My parents played mixed netball with all their mates. I'd play netball for sure, dude. And given the opportunity, you know, if I had to, I don't know the rules of netball. I don't know how you foul the opposite people, but um I'm pretty sure you just call them call them a, a fat bitch from from what I've seen at some of the amateur games in my area. But but yeah, dude, I think yeah, all for it, you know. You gotta. I think to do to not do so would be misogynistic, really. You know, if you jockey a, a girl and, and let her and let her score when you could have otherwise injured her horribly outside the box. I mean, I don't know. It's probably one for uh, Clementine Ford, that question, but I think you definitely should. You know, that's my progressive view on that one. All right, next question. Thoughts on that one bloke who has a durry and a Red Bull before the game? Yeah, love this guy. Love this guy. It's great energy because really... The secret to amateur sport is not trying. You know when guys are like 21 and still take it like so seriously? And it's like, it's just bad energy, you know? They never do well. They're always crying the whole time. It's just like, God, you know? Whereas the guy with a freaking Red Bull and a Durry, I swear he's always having a good time. He always gets like 30 off like six balls or like scores a goal or something, you know? We used to have a guy at my club who used to stand at first slip in cricket and he'd have like a little radio earpiece in like with the, this is eight, like 15 years ago. So with the cord, and then he had a little um, AM radio in his pocket. He used to put all his bets on before we went out to field and then he would listen to the races at first slip. You can't tell me that guy's not having more fun than the other 10 blokes, you know? <laughs> That's great energy, dude. I love that stuff. And if, if you're playing fourth grade, mate... Here's the thing. Yes, we now know about performance, physical, mental, you know, skills, bringing it all together. Just because we know about it doesn't mean we have to apply it, you know? If you're playing for free, you don't need to do freaking 17 box jumps the night before bed to activate your hip flexors. You know, you're playing fourth grade, just calm down, okay? Just calm the fuck down, dude. So, next question. Key components to a half-time rev-up. Okay. This is great. Okay, firstly, I know some people don't respond to people just screaming, like, threats in their face and, you know, just screaming, like, kill them and stuff to about the opposition. 
I personally do. I don't want this, you know, calm coach. Hey guys, hey, hey, who's having fun out there? Hey, I, lo- I like if you say, I want you to rip their heads off and shit down their throats. That to me, I'm like, boys, we need to have a bumper second half here. You know, I just like that stuff. I think it makes good documentaries. <laughs> um, but what are the key? So key key components for a rev up at halftime. Firstly single out the players that are performing poorly in front of the rest of the team, okay? How else will they be self-conscious enough to improve their performance unless unless you do that, you know? Anyone can take him to the side, wrap him in cotton wool. Oh, don't worry about it, babe. You look great out there. I'd say, I'd say form a circle. I'd say, Jason, middle of the circle. Everyone go around and say one thing that Jason did wrong in the first half, you know? Now, let me tell you, if Jason doesn't cry and or leave, that kid is going to have a fucking ripping second half out of fear mostly, okay? So that's what I would do. I'd also, you know, a good halftime rev up. Can we bring back oranges to adult sport? You know, get some vitamin C in there. You know, get some bloody, you got freaking 11 blokes who are hung over. You think no one's, no one's jonesing for a goddamn orange? I mean, come on. I'd like to see oranges make a return to half times. And then thirdly, at the halftime rev up, that's probably where, you know, you do break the news to the team. Hey guys, as far as the second half, we will be trying to win. And the game time people get will reflect that. Okay. So, you know, that's just where you come clean to the boys that, hey, you know, play time's over. We've sent a few make-a-wish kids out there to, to bloody chase the ball around. Now we're going to we're going to put our foot on the throat here, okay? So I'd say half time, you know, you know, get loud, get some vitamin C, and then get honest. That's what I would say about that. Next question. Why are there so many cunts who think they are superstars in amateur cricket? Yeah. Well, you know, sport, it's just another facet of this bloody crazy world we live in, isn't it? And by that, I mean, every office has people who are think they're legends and they're really just cunts. Um, every school has that, you know? Every hospital has staff who are like that. Every, you know, all walks of life, job sites, people who think they're too cool for school, people who think their shit does in fact not stink and amateur sport is definitely uh you know not out of that conversation you know it's just another facet of life where people are being themselves and here's the thing dude there's a lot of cunts out there okay and if you put some speed dealers on them and uh you know some 400 dollars soccer boots i think you'll find that yeah yeah there's plenty of them in amateur sport as well Uh, i think it's probably bad parenting you know, oh, you can do anything. Can you? Can you really? You know, but also you got to keep in mind amateur sport is just a vacuum for people with no self-value outside of the white chalk line that they cross each Saturday morning. I mean, you're making 45 grand a year. Your missus is a three, you know, you're in love with this bird. You didn't have the courage to ask her. It's too late now. You've got six kids. One of them's black. You've never brought it up. Hang on. Division seven soccer. 90 minutes of fucking bliss 
if I score a goal, I can just, I can just, there it is, you know, feel good about myself, you know, and you know what, I used to be fucking even better than this, a lot of people's self-value is tied up in amateur sport, and you know, the adrenaline rush and the dopamine, it can provide you, so I'd say that's why, people searching for value, you know, look at me, doing a fucking podcast in my bedroom, you think I don't want some goddamn value, you know, <laughs> um all right next question is it worth it not getting shit-faced before games okay i would have said previously no but now that i only fill in at cricket like last year i played i think five games of grade cricket and i was blind for all of them and i just thought (laughs) what was the point of that? Like, it's not like I play (laughs) that, you know, I was just filling in. It was like, you may as well enjoy it if you're just going to fill in, you know? So I think maybe, yeah, to be honest, next time I play, uh, if I, if I'm asked back, RE my performances, (laughs) um, I would say there's definitely a time where it just gets too much. And like, you're just like getting through Saturday rather than enjoying it. Cricket for sure is like that. Soccer, like after the warm up, you're not hungover anymore. Who gives a shit? Um, but cricket is just like you're out west, 41 degrees, you're so hungover, you're just like, this sucks, dude. But there was this one game. One of the boys at my club used to have a his birthday every year in November, and he used to have a ripping house party, dude. And uh, one year we all went, and then the next day, obviously, we all got to play, and all the boys were at that party did so well i remember one one of the lads um and this is why i love australian nicknames i got a mate called ping now the boys call him ping because when he was like 15 he got this like bowl haircut and it made him look kind of asian so we called him ping that was like nine years ago and people still call him ping for one bad haircut in freaking 2011 (laughs) Imagine that, you get a bad haircut nine years ago. People are still talking about it. I love those sort of nicknames. I love that stuff. I think that's so like Australian how we do that. Um, But I remember Ping was like goddamn freshly 18. I think it was his first time getting drunk. And and he must have, oh my God, I don't know if he was... I thought he was drinking vodka and Coke. It might have, there might have been some some HGH or some, some goddamn anabolic steroids in there. I think the guy went out there the next day and got 70 off about 11 balls, some of the biggest sixes I've ever seen. Um, my mate Zach, who was blind as a bat the night before, I think he got like 80 or 100. Dude, I did my um, I did throwdowns with my sunglasses on and like missed every ball. 100 and... I don't I think 100 and something. <laughs> 100, 100, and, 100 and not much more, obviously. I was going to say 190 or something in my head. <laughs> But I got 100 and I was blind as well. So, you know, sometimes, you know, you just go out there and you just think, who gives a shit? I'm just lucky to get to the game without getting arrested, you know? I'm freaking blowing three times over the limit on my red peas because I've had half an hour of sleep, you know? You just think, fuck yeah, dude. I'm not in jail. Who gives a shit about this fourth grade game, you know? So, so I think, yeah, sometimes it's great because you just so, you just don't care. Next question. Should you walk in cricket when you nick off or when you get out, call behind? Um, 
<clears throat> should you walk in cricket? If you don't know much about cricket, sometimes you'll get out and the umpire will give you not out, but you know, you know you're out. You know, you know you hit that ball. Now, with walking, to be honest, this is probably not very ethical, but case by case basis. Depends on who we're playing. You know, if we're playing a club and, you know, they're good blokes and, you know, I just get a good ball, nick off. I have walked before heaps, yeah. Uh, sometimes you walk subconsciously. You know, you just think, how could the umpire not see it? And then you look up and the guy's like 93 and in a wheelchair and he's like asleep and you're like, oh, right. That's how he could not see it, you know? Um, the umpire's like on Instagram. He's not even looking. <laughs> So I've definitely walked heaps before, but I've definitely not walked heaps as well. You know, if we're, if it's like five for 10 and we're playing like the biggest pack of cunts ever on a green top and I nick off and the umpire doesn't give it, I'll probably fucking stay there, to be honest. So, and I've done that before, yeah, a few times. So, I don't know. That probably doesn't paint me in the best light, but that, that's that's the truth. It honestly depends on who we're playing and yeah, and the game situation and and that sort of stuff. So yeah, that's what I think about that. Huh. It's a moment of clarity from me. All right, next question. Um, are you suspicious of blokes who don't shower after the game? Okay, this is a big one. Blokes who don't shower after the game. I think if blokes are like 17, you know, just let it go because it's pretty, it's pretty bloody weird in the showers, obviously, Ari, all the homophobic slurs and, um, you know, that sort of stuff. But I will say, um, my thing's not even the shower. Like people who don't shower after games, they're just always off somewhere. I think if you're playing amateur sport and you're not enjoying the hang, like I always enjoyed the hang so much, you know, I wanted to have a shower and like take my time like getting like I I wanted to take my time after the game at like I just wanted to come off have a beer have a laugh you know maybe then shower then then get changed have another beer have another laugh you know pack up everything you know that's I lo I loved it after the game it's the number one thing I miss from playing sport is after the game just having a beer win lose or draw you know there's just nothing better nothing fucking better so yeah I don't know yeah People who don't shower, they're always just leaving, you know? Oh, I gotta go, gotta go. So I just think they missed out on the hang a bit. Um obviously some of them were quite self-conscious about the size of their of their penises, but but I don't know. Dude, honestly, if you're self-conscious about showering and you're like past the age of 19, I don't know. Just fucking do it. No one gives a shit. No one's looking at your dick in the shower, you know? And then you'll get in there and you'll realize that actually quite a few of these blokes are. And then you'll think, well, fuck, it's too late now. <laughs> And then, and then from there, you're off to the races. So, yeah, I would say blokes who don't shower, just fucking do it. And then hang around after and have a beer, hey? Camaraderie, you know? If a guy can't pretend to jack you off in the shower, is he even your friend? That would be my, that would be my question, you know? So, <laughs> all right. Next question. What is the worst sledge you've ever heard? I would say... Hmm. The worst sledge I've ever heard. 
I mean, I've been, I've had heaps of people like just tee off on me, um, deservedly, just like calling me a cunt and stuff. But as far as the worst ledge I've ever heard, this isn't the worst, but I think it might be like the funniest. You know, when you get into the worst sledges ever, they're kind of like, they kind of cross over from funny to just straight out abusive. And it's like not really that fun to retell, but um, like, it's not really very funny, but a hilarious one that I thought was also pretty harsh happened to my mate Will. And I actually did it as my closer in stand up for like the first three years of my comedy career. That's how fucking good it was. It became a stand up bit and I did it on SBS. Um, so Will is a heap, like a real surfy dude. He used to have like long blonde hair and um, super tan, super skinny. And he's like pretty short. I don't know how short he is, but pretty short guy. And um, also we were like 16 at the time. So everyone was short. Um, and anyway, we're playing this team from out West and they are, they are absolute cunts. I apologize for, for being so blue, um, but they are absolute cunts and will was out there batting away I, th- I can't remember if he got any runs or not but i guess so if he was out there for a while and this huge bloke was at like short cover right in front of the batsman big fat bloke with a beard you know like neck tattoo you know you know he was white but you know he did come from a low socioeconomic area um you know that that was evident from some of his behavior and uh you know this guy he was an absolute... He goes to Will. Will's batting away. And he's got long blonde hair coming out of the back of his helmet. And this guy goes up to him and goes, Mate, I would dead set root you after 10 beers. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing I've ever heard. He goes... Will comes off like shell shock. He goes, Mate, that bloke at short cover said he's going to fuck me. <laughs> and it's such a funny thing to not even be like... You know, usually be like, I'm going to... You know, I'm going to beat the shit out of you and then rape you, you piece of shit. You know, just be like, I would dead set fuck you after 10 beers. Like, <laughs> I thought that was the fucking wildest thing I've ever heard, dude. And then so I did, I'd made it by cl- uh, a joke where, um, how does it go again? I would say, uh, yeah, so I told it from my perspective. This is like how stand-up's a bit dark arts where not every story is like a fucking first-person account, you know, truth be told type situation. So with stand-up, it's often better if it comes from your perspective, like, because then it's like self-deprecating. And I have long hair, so it kind of works. So I basically stole Will's story for this joke. So I'd say, yeah, I, um, I used to have really long hair when I was 16 and I, I used to be pretty self-conscious about it. You know, I wasn't sure if it like looked good or like, you know, like fucking phenomenal. So, you know, and then I was a bit nervous and then one day I was out West playing cricket and this huge Westy guy with a beard comes up to me and he goes, mate, I would dead set root you after 10 beers. And to be honest, lads, it was the best I'd felt in weeks. So, so that was my, that was my joke. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that because the silence was deafening in here. But anyway, last question. What a journey, what a ride. I will say, um, yeah, i very much open to doing the amateur sports again. I got about a fucking million of these. I know a lot of people who listen to this pod are amateur sport legends like myself. Um, so if you enjoyed this pod and you'd like more of this style of humor, it's fucking right up my alley and I'd be happy to do it. So, and, and also, you know, um, you know, it's fun. But anyway, last question. 
why don't the rules apply to the better t- players in the team? Why do they get sc- off scot-free for breaking rules when bad players don't? I'll put it this way. It's because they're better than the bad players, okay? Uh, would you rather have a team of rule-following nerds coming dead last or would you rather follow a team of fucking renegades who are winning the comp, okay? Because that's the decision you need to make. You know, sometimes champions are nerds. I'm trying to think of one. You know, Mike Hussey is a pretty square guy. He was one of the greatest players of all time. But, you know, at the same time, I think we all know that, you know, Mike Hussey's, he's got some dark arts in him. If he's not one of the more powerful lovers between the sheets we've ever come across, you know, then I'll be very surprised. But Mike Hussey was a rule-following champion. But most of the time, you know, you want you want 100, you want, you know, seven goals. You're probably going to have to also cop some uh, some blonde tips and a guy who doesn't wear condoms. I mean, come on, lads, you know. The better players don't have to follow the rules because they're so fucking good. They're legends, mate. Okay? You know, they're absolute legends. They, you can't punish them. You know? The team, it's such a myth that the team should be treated as that, a team. Players should be treated on a case-by-case basis with certain players getting privileges dependent on their ability, okay? If you're on the bench, yeah, dude, you better rock up to the team meetings and you better have your freaking bow tie done up. If you're the leading wicket-taker in the comp, we'll see you on Saturday. Turn up a minute before the game, dude. Hungover. Don't give a shit. Just keep doing well, you know? Just keep doing well. So that's why, you know? How about you get your head out of your ass and look at some statistics, okay? So that is why, you know? And, you know, Ben Cousins was just at the uh, the Brownlow medal, okay? That guy has had about 17 chances and people still love him. You can't tell me if he was half as good as he was that we'd still be talking about Ben Cousins. You know? You wouldn't be hearing about it. It's because he was a fucking great player. Okay? And that's how it should be. He's of interest because of how good he was. You know, it's all part of the package. So so that's why, dude. Okay? Also, climate change is real, you know? Fucking grow up. Grow the fuck up, whoever sent that in. Okay? Special players get special treatment. It is not hard to work out, dude. But that is the podcast for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. There were parts of it that I found particularly palatable. Um, but I do actually have a, a new YouTube clip on my um, page. I know I said it last week, but last week I um, said it on the podcast and then Norm MacDonald died and then it just seemed weird on the day like a comedic legend dies to be like, hey guys, check out... <laughs> three minutes of Billy Darcy talking about fucking who cares, you know? So I didn't end up posting it, but I'm posting it. Um, it'll be posted when this comes out. So give it a look, give it a bloody look. It's about, um, oh, it's about a bit of, bit of everything in between anxiety. I open up about my mental health. My God, Jesus Christ. I'm breaking some barriers, dude. So, uh, yeah, give that a fucking look and, uh, maybe tag a friend and yeah, dude, thanks for listening. Way too long, way too long.